Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab housing industry. Today, we're speaking with Chris Yossi, the owner of Zipkip Homes. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, we're glad to have you here. To start, can you tell me a bit about the history of Zipkit Homes? Yeah, sure. So Zipkit Homes, um, I, I've been a contractor most of my life. Uh, my dad was a contractor, so I grew up in the industry. Uh, went to college, decided I never wanted to be in construction, and somehow I ended back in construction. So I've been a contractor. Uh, the name of our parent company is Timberhawk Homes. That I own that company, my wife and I. And um, after the 2008 kind of financial crisis, as a general contractor, we went from building, I think we built like close to 100 homes in 2008. And in 2009, we built like two or three. So we had uh, some factory space that we owned and we weren't building anything. So it was basically out of desperation. I was like, man, we got to do something different because nobody's building any houses and you know, we're going to end up bankrupt if we don't do something. So um, at that time, we said, okay, let's try to figure out how to build more of the house in our factory space rather than on site. And so that was 2009 and it kind of started slowly. And we, you know, we tried, we tried a number of different things. We tried modular, we tried panelized, we tried big panels, small panels, little houses, big houses. So, you know, for three or four years, I felt it was a lot like, like throwing spaghetti at a wall and just kind of see what sticks. So it was a business almost developed out of out of desperation caused by the 2008 financial crisis. So really 2009 to 2012 is when we really started, started going with Zipkit Homes. Got it. And, is, and are you still doing the contracting um, like site work or are you now 100% like kit and modular homes? We're doing 100% kit and modular. So no more um, site work. We've done it in the past, even somewhat recently, but now not at all. We're just doing the, the modular and, and the kit homes. Cool. And, and what's the scale of your business? What do you mean? Like how big is it? You know, like anything you can share, like how many homes are you building a year now? Or I'm yeah, so, I mean, it, it depends. Last year, I think we built like 65 homes, something like that. Um, this year, we'll probably do quite a few more because we're going uh, focused a little bit more on our small little zip pods, we call them, which is, you know, a small four Right. So, so, so it's like one module per home versus like six or four. Yeah. Yeah. So if we go with the smaller pods, I mean, I bet this year we'll do a hundred to 125, something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, one of the things that, uh, um, I mentioned to you sort of before, which is interesting about you all is, so I think our site's been around, I don't know, four or five years at this point, a few years at least. Uh, anyway, so, uh, there are some companies where they had a couple beautiful plans on their site, uh, you know, <laughs> 2019 or 2020. Yep. And now they still have the same, you know, five beautiful plans on their site. And it doesn't seem like a lot of their product offering has changed. Whereas you all seem like you've done a lot of iterations, both in terms of your actual products, but also uh, kind of who you're selling to. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that evolution? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe those other companies are a lot smarter than we are because sometimes those evolutions aren't the the best <laughs> thing. You know, um, it, we've we've probably made too many uh, switches and change and, and evolutions. But so we started like you know 2009, 10, 11. Um, we, we've tried big, like really fancy um, modular homes, and we you know found that we didn't really like doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, and we didn't really plan on this, but but we've kind of ended up selling our kit homes more in really expensive areas. 
And, you know, again, we didn't plan on doing that when we started the business, but it just kind of turned out so that in really expensive, hard to build areas, we have a much bigger cost advantage or there's a bigger, bigger benefit of building it offsite in Southern Utah where we're located. And so, you know, probably our, one of our biggest areas been up in like Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I was going to say, we, we've actually heard from some people who have said that they built, usually it's not, I don't know if it's Jackson, but right, isn't one of the towns right outside Jackson? Um, at least we've heard of a couple of years going up. Yeah. So just, you know, right outside Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, Victor and Driggs, Idaho, which is just over yeah, there. Yeah, I think Driggs was the town that we've heard of a few, yeah. Yeah, so so those in those areas, um, you know, any kind of resort, ski resort, kind of remote areas, construction costs are like crazy expensive. And mm-hmm. because it's so expensive, there's a bigger cost advantage that if we're just sending it, you know, in the same area where we're building, there really isn't that big of a cost advantage. So, you know, just kind of by nature, that's the way our business has kind of gone is right. selling our, our kit homes in kind of the high end areas. And we have some really kind of nice modern, you know, probably our our style, I would say, is kind of the mountain modern style. So it's kind of... That's how I describe it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's modern, but it's, you know, contemporary. But, you know, sometimes it's got, you know, a lot of natural wood or metal or things like that. So it could fit in a, like a ski resort, a mountain type environment, but it's modern. And so yeah. you know, that's that's kind of our style. So anyway, our panelized kit homes is, is one of our areas, but that, you know, we're kind of focused on the more expensive areas because that's where you can have a little bit higher profit margins and kind of everybody wins. And then on the opposite end of that, we're selling our little zip pods, but we'll sell them, you know, just about anywhere. But, but those are, um, well, all of our product where we try to be in, in the modular space on there's, there's kind of the, uh, affordable side, which is, you know, your Clayton homes and Fleetwood homes and things right. like that. And those are, you know, we can never compete head to head with those guys cost wise because they have very big factories. Right. And, a lot know, of scale. Yeah. yeah. So we can't compete with those guys. And then on the upper end, you got the method homes and blue homes and some right. of those guys yeah. that, yeah. you know, really cool architecture and some really cool stuff, but those are expensive. You know, they could be four right. or $500 a square foot. So um, Easily. Yeah. We, we try to be in the middle. So we try to say, look, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be more expensive than your Clayton home or Fleetwood home, but we're going to be definitely less than the method home. And we're going to offer, you know, some really cool architecture and yeah. you know, some good quality products. So we're, we're trying to fill that kind of middle space, I guess. Yeah, I think you do that effectively. Are you selling your kit homes direct to consumer these days, or like on your website it looked like you were actually selling them more to like developers, et cetera? Um, that's something we've gone back and forth with a lot. So, um, but but yes, we will we will sell um, directly to consumers, but we're not doing anything customized to consumers. So what what we try to stay away from is that if consumers, you have to be careful because they say, "Hey, can we just move one window two feet?" Right. And sometimes a little changes have big implications on the engineering and things like that. So um, we'll sell direct to consumers, but it's our basic product. We're not making any changes. Um, and those will come, but those will come engineered, et cetera. Yeah. They, we'll take care of all the structural engineering, the design, you know, everything like that. And we've had a number of people um, act as owner builders and build our kit yeah. homes. And some it's gone really well. Some I can say hasn't gone that well. So a lot of it depends on, um, on who the owner builder or the consumer is. And I think the people that go in understanding that even though it's a kit home, it's going to be a lot of work and there's going to be a lot to it. And they go in understanding that actually do really well. Um, the ones that think, Oh, it's just going to go together and everything will be quick and easy. And I'll have this new house. Those people really struggle. I, you know, I try to tell people it's a little bit like, I'm sure you've gone to like 
Ikea furniture and you buy a desk, you're like, oh yeah, this will be easy to put together. I'll just do it tonight after dinner. And like three in the morning, you're like, I hate Ikea. I can't put, it's like that. You know what I mean? There's a lot more to it than most people realize. Right. Um, So on the, uh, on the, the sort of handling the structural and stuff. uh, So we've done a number of projects in whatever areas like Driggs to Tatonia, Jackson, name your ski area or had people through our site do it. And one of the things that often happens, right, is you have all these sort of special sort of <laughs> challenges, right? Whether it's, can this handle 250 pounds snow loads? Can this, um, right, like, oh, this is being built into sort of a hill, et cetera. Um, are, you, are you doing those on a one-off basis or would then someone hire like a separate sort of set of structural beyond sort of your, your house? So we, we take care of all the structural engineering. So that's not a problem. We can handle whatever snow load, seismic zones, you know, the building yeah. departments, that's easy. Yeah, if it's uh, really site specific, like yeah. where you have to get a geotechnical engineer involved and right. you know, there's bad soils or it's off the side of a cliff, right. where it requires a lot of like on-site expertise, right. that's where we say, no, we don't do that. So you need to find a local guy that's going to do that on-site stuff. And, and like, you know, the, we, we could send them, you know, Colorado, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, not a problem. The one area that um, we kind of stay away from right now is California. Right. And, um, you know, the reason we're not doing, we, we've done stuff in California in the past, but the, the challenge with California is there's so much bureaucracy that yeah. it, it can be a year to get the plans approved and the requirements to get the plans approved are just insane. And so, you know, we, we would work in California again, but right now, there's so much business that we kind of looked at it and say, you know, is it worth the right. the pain in the ass factor of working in California if we don't need to? So that's yeah. kind of why we stay away from, you know, that. And I would also say, you know, we're, we're only in the Western United States. So people that want, you know, houses in Florida and the East coast, we're just not there yet. Um, right. you know, we may be in the future and we've talked to different people about some possible, um, franchise opportunities where they'd actually set up a factory on the East coast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something we're definitely interested in. And in the future we may be there, but right now it doesn't make any sense for us to, you know, build a panelized kit home or a modular unit in Utah and ship it all the way to the East coast. It just doesn't make, that sense. makes sense. It almost feels like if you did California, the way to do it would just only offer your smaller homes as like ADU style things, just because those are a little bit lighter from a, <laughs> like a regulatory yeah. standpoint and just like be like anything like more than a thousand square feet where you can't be approved like ministrially or whatever like no, the, the, one place, the one place i would say that you know we would look at california is yeah. you're right our little modular units we would do that but right. probably only for a big project because if somebody right. comes to us and says hey we want to build 50 of these units in sure. california then it's worth Right, you know, working through for fifty homes, but it's the individual the title twenty four stuff and everything else. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but it's not worth the brain damage to go through all that for one home. But for big projects, so I think you know the small modular units in California, big projects, we we would do that, and we are interested in that. And I also know that um, there's some interesting things going on in the state of California right now with ADU regulations and laws, yeah. where they're going to become a lot more a lot, they'll issue permits a lot faster. And so, and, you know, as yeah. that changes, I think it would make sense for us to kind of, you know, be on top of that and look at that opportunity. Yeah. They're not perfect right now. I mean, we our biggest markets in terms of like places we serve are kind of outside LA, outside Bay Area, and outside New uh, New York. So we, we get a lot of exposure to those laws. And the ADU side in California is like, I don't know, usually, I mean, you're required to get comments back basically within 60 days. And it's, it's, it's a little more straightforward, so. 
I guess it, it all it sort of depends. Like relative to building a single family home, there it's easier. Yeah. Um, okay, so I one of the th- questions we get a lot, and it's probably a little more complicated for you all because you're pretty explicit about what you are and what you're not, at least on the kit side, um, is around cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we can kind of work through that in a, like, a way that's pretty, uh, so you're in Utah, right? So if we take like an area that you probably do a good amount of work in, that's probably not particularly cheap, let's say Salt Lake city or park city okay. and assume you can pick the unit assume that uh we have some mythical like uh pretty flat urban infill style piece of land right so you know we have whatever you know connections stuck to the property etc like not no crazy hills or anything like that um do you think you could maybe uh walk me through for one of the homes like you know what your package would cost and then at least like some ranges and expectations around what some of the other parts in terms of right finishing the rest of the house might cost yeah, I mean, first of all, on the on our little zip pods, that's really simple because our pricing is right online, and so yeah. yeah, you can just go to our website and like our smallest one is I think sixty nine thousand. Yep. If you want it on a chassis, it's a little bit more. If you go to you know our largest zip pod is four hundred seventy square feet. I think that we're selling for one hundred nineteen thousand, and I mean that's done out the door. There's a little uh, you know place you can plug in how many miles away you are. Right. Nice. Yeah. And, and so shipping. So, you know, those are pretty straightforward. Do those come with actually with, so like drywall and appliances are already finished up. So those are done. Interesting. Yeah. The, the zip pods are. Um, so in terms of connecting to utilities, are those using actual like normal connections or are those RV style connections? How does that work? Um, it, it's basically, we have it set up now. So you, you need to run a hundred amp service to mm-hmm. the pod. And mm-hmm. so we have, you know, a junction box. And so an onsite electrician just has to get a hundred amp electrical service to that location. And he opens the junction box, makes one connection and it's live. They're, um, they're super insulated right now. They're, they're, um, a hundred percent electric. So our heating and cooling is a, is a mini split system. So like yep. a Mitsubishi yeah, sure. efficient mini split system. And then, the, and then it's an electric on demand, hot water heater. So you don't need any gas, any propane. You just, hook it up to hundred amp electrical service and, and you're but going and, and all those appliances and everything c- comes in the, in the unit. It comes 100% moving ready. So it has all the appliances, all the cabinets, countertop. I mean, everything ready to go. The only thing uh, it does not have is the actual furniture itself. Right. But that's cool. But so you, you're actually shipping it with like all the siding and everything like on a, it, on a truck. It's cool. done. Yeah. I mean, it's seriously like we drop it either on a foundation or if it stays on a chassis and you know, your electrician plugs it in and then, um, water and sewer lines are just stubbed out the bottom. So you have to have a plumber make a connection to a water and sewer line and, and you're good. You're, you're live, you're going. Nice. And it's, it looks like it's a pretty, is it, is it a STEM foundation? Is that what you use? Yeah. You can, um, we're, we're looking at right now we can do just a kind of a, it's a STEM foundation. Yeah, it's a STEM foundation. It's not really a slab, but like, you know, we're looking at some stuff down in St. George where you don't need to have a deep foundation because there's no snow or there's no frost depth issues and right. so with that i think we can pour like a, a 10 inch by 20 inch footing and then set it right on top of that yeah. footing basically and make the connections i mean i've seen manufacturers just going blocks it just kind of it kind of depends um uh, and then uh and are these built these are built to modular code or manufactured code modular code so they're built to the irc code we've never okay, done the manufactured or hud code it's just straight up irc code cool that's awesome um and then uh 
how are you seeing people finance these? So, I mean, most, I would say the biggest market for these that we've been selling, it's, it's second homes. So it's, uh-huh. it's maybe the affordable second home market. And so yeah. people seem to just have cash. So, you know, whether they're doing refinances of their primary right. residence, or what they're, doing, I don't really know, but they're just paying with cash or they can finance them. Um, we are offering it on a chassis, but this is kind of new to us where we get a VIN number and then you could finance it as an RV. <laughs> right. Then you can finance it as an RV, which is like probably honestly more expensive from a, I think those are usually 20 year uh, loans, yeah. slightly higher rates. But, but you could you could finance it with a conventional thirty year mortgage if you're going to put it on you know spot footings or a stem foundation. I mean, it's a standard house built to the IRC code, no different than a site built house. So I, right. I imagine you could get a you know regular thirty year mortgage. I think you know the only challenge might be when you go to get that mortgage, um, they're going to appraise it and they're going to look for comparables. And I don't know that there's a lot of five hundred square foot homes to compare it to. <laughs> so that might yeah. be a little bit of a, a hurdle. I would say honestly, if you're a billion Jackson, I'm sure. I'm sure you could figure yeah, something. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Depends on location. For uh, sure. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Okay, so going back to the the cost thing. Sorry, just because like <laughs> this is what we get as our biggest question. So let's. Uh, I don't know if you want to take like your Columbia or your Bozeman or one of yeah, these. Let me take, let me take the Bozeman. So right. so anyway, um, yeah, I explained the zip pods. That's pretty straightforward. We want to have those like a product. Just go to our website. Right. But like the Bozeman right now. I'm just looking on our website. So the yeah. complete. Complete panelized kit on our website now is 129,000. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you would get with that is um, the complete kit. So all of the exterior, uh, interior walls, exterior walls, stairs, you know, everything. Um, it looks like our installed windows and sliding doors is an additional 16. So you'd be yeah. one. So you're, now you're up to like 145,000. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think the way we're set up now is depending on where it is, that would include like one of our guys to go out and help set yep. everything up. But you'd have yep. to you have a couple of framers there. You know, we're not yep. going to send our whole crew for that price. Yep. And, and then um, usually that represents maybe half the cost of the home. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I would that's that's uh, less than I would have guessed, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, yeah, so that represents like maybe half because um, you know we used to do interior finish kits, but we're not doing that anymore. Okay. And so you know there's still a lot you've got to have the whole foundation that you got to pay for, and then yeah, all your cabinets, flooring, fixtures, right, drywalls, drywall, all that stuff. So I, I imagine a Bozeman unit. You know, let's say it's you're going to pay us one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Let's say you're yeah, I would, I would like guess a, that it would be more like thirty percent of the cost, but if it's fifty, that's amazing too. Yeah. So, so, you know, mate, you're going to probably get it built for 300 to 400, but I got to be careful saying that because, right. you know, if it's in, uh, you know, Aspen, let, let's, Canada, if we assume, right. If we assume that this is in like Salt Lake city or park city, yeah. um, that is that in line with what is that? Those are markets. I assume you. And you yeah. And so I would say, yeah. So I, I think, you know, somebody could probably get the Bozeman built for the 300 to $350,000 range, but Again, you got to be really careful because if that's going to Aspen, Colorado, or Jackson, yeah. Wyoming, you yeah. know the, the, the electrician that charges fifteen thousand in Salt Lake City might charge forty thousand. So Holy. instead of three fifty, you might be six hundred. You know who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, but okay, but that's still as you said, like it, it's all um, relative. But yeah, and like, I, mean, I mean, like we're doing projects in in Tahoe right now that are five hundred dollars a square foot all the way through. So um, yeah. It, it still seems like you're you're at a uh, like on a cost basis you're a little bit lower than some of the other groups which i mean makes sense honestly because sort of 
the most custom companies we see. Actually, let's see. So, sorry. So what do you say the Bozeman would be in terms of just your kit cost? Let's, you know, for the, the kit and all the windows and everything. So, you know, the outside is completely, you know, dried in weather time yeah. is probably 150, somewhere in that range. Okay. So that's probably a little lower than others we see. A lot of, like a lot of times just the kits would maybe a little less comprehensive than yours. We'll see at like 125 a square foot. So that's probably, yeah, probably a little bit less than that. Um, that's cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I guess uh, when you sort of talk about the development of where you are, where you are now, um, and I, again, my recollection is that you just, you just, it's not that your product line has been that different, but it seems like there's been a bunch of different sort of SKUs and products. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you end up on these? Um, I mean, these are just kind of our most popular plans that mm-hmm. sell well, that are easier for us to build. There are higher profit margin products and, right. and we're always trying to scale back. Like I probably have, you know, 40 right. plans that we could throw on the website. But totally. we're trying to limit it seems our- like you're trending bigger um, in some ways and like potentially like a little more modern than maybe you were a few years ago. Um, I don't know. That's maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Just like observationally. I mean, I, um, I would say like where we've kind of gone away from a little bit is, is in the middle. So right. it's either a small little pod that's 400 square feet or we're, we're going to go bigger and nicer where we have higher margins. It's, you know, the kind of in the middle sometimes, um, you know, we haven't done as much work. We would love to like help with kind of the affordable housing crisis that's going on right. all, all over the world, but um, we got to make a profit as well. So we're always yeah. working on that, but we haven't really, you know, dialed that in so we can actually put our thumb on and say, we, you know, we figured it out. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. What are the, are there requests that you like haven't done yet, but you get all the time? Well, um, the biggest yeah. request we get all the time that's kind of frustrating for ourselves. Department. Oh, customizations. Well, yeah, customization is a big thing, but then people all the time, they, they, you know, they'll, they'll call and they'll say, Hey, we want to number one location. They'll be like, yeah, we're in Tennessee and we just want you to give us a quote to build the whole house. And mm-hmm. we go, Hey, first of all, we're not sending it to Tennessee. And then second of all, we are not the general contractor. Right. We're not going to give you a quote to build the whole right. house. That's not what we do. So that's our biggest thing that people just can't get past sometimes is everybody just wants a turnkey bid. And we're like, right. that's not our business model. We're not going right. to give you a turnkey bid. You know, we're yeah. more like we're more like Home Depot than a general contractor. You know, we oh. sell a product, not a service. So yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then uh tell me a little bit about your multifamily uh products because one of the things we um, unfortunately, and um, don't get that much, which I think you're not totally unique, but like certainly in a small group on is having at least sort of some of these small multifamily plans and offerings. Um, yeah, what inspired that? And uh, can you tell me about some of the projects you've done if it's happened to date? Yeah. So um, yeah, this this so multifamily, you know, modular and panelized. We we haven't done huge projects like hundreds of units, but we've done. Mm-hmm you know, four plexes, six plexes, eight plexes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a project now we're looking at that's uh, like, I think it's about 120 units, but there are four plex units. Oh, cool. Um, we just finished a project up in Driggs, Idaho, that's 16 single family homes, but they're all, um, they're all individual homes, but there's six bedrooms, six bath um, employee housing units. So, you know, things like that, like, I don't know that we're super interested in, you know, we don't want to be doing thousand unit apartment complex. That's not really our, our wheelhouse, but, um, right. you know, a fourplex, a sixplex, some um, employee housing, things like that, affordable housing in expensive areas. We yeah. really like those type of projects. 
That's great. Um, and then, uh, in a, are you, are those, do you end up having to cut just because of the scale and all sorts of sort of commercial, like commercial issues, do those end up like, there are some companies that say that basically the plans on their site are basically just advertising and they never build them. It sounds like in your case on the modulars and really on your kits, that's mostly not true on these multifamilies. Do they end up actually in reality getting a little bit customized, et cetera? Um, yeah, a little bit. So we'll customize a little bit. I mean, the biggest customization we've done, there's one we're working on now that we haven't built it, but we're in the design phase where he's taken one of our units and he wants the bottom floor to be commercial. And then the top is living with some minor modifications. So, oh, we, got it. so we're That's doing cool. that. And then the other thing, you know, depending on how big the project is, we would customize it a little, um, because sometimes it has to fit certain regulations or a certain size lot or things like that. So you know, we'll do customizations on bigger projects because it's worth the effort to to make those. We just don't do them on, you know, single family units. That makes sense. Um, and are you seeing a lot of people uh, building your homes uh, as investments? Like um, on the sort of like, yeah, as investments as opposed to owner occupiers on the kind of single family side? Yeah, that, yes, I would say, I mean, there's a number of them that I think are, like the Airbnb or, um, or, I mean, like I said, I think our biggest market is probably the affordable second home. And so that's mm -hmm. a, you know, somebody's going to build a, let's say a $400,000 second home up at a ski resort. And then I think they do, you know, Airbnb them out or rent them out, but it's also yeah. their home. So, you know, that's kind of a, a kind of a big market right now. Right. Kind of the owner occupier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Investor person. Cool. Um, that makes sense. Uh, and then I guess, one of the, I guess one of uh, the sort of questions is in terms of timing, uh, I get this a lot. So, so I come to your site, I've got my whatever shiny piece of land in Park City or whatever, and, you know, really want to put a zip kit home. What does the timing look like then um, in terms of, and like just sort of process, do I just, you know, basically select what I want online and yeah, then what are the sort of next steps in timing for me as a consumer? Yeah. So you just go online and then, you know, there's a button that says, this is what I want submit. Right. And then, and then we get that, you know, we get back to you and we'll go back and forth a few times, figure out exactly what you want. And if you're super interested, ready to go, the next step is we sell you the complete um, engineered floor plans. So, you know, kind of the first step to build that house in park city is you got to get a set of plans submitted to the building department that's right. going to be approved. And yep. so we charge you anywhere from four to $10,000, depending on, you know, location and which house it is. Yep. And, and, and then we go to work and, and, stamp to those and all that stuff if they need to be done. Yeah, or... they're stamped by an engineer, the energy codes, you know, res checks, all that kind of stuff is done. So we'll get you the full set of plans and then you submit it. And then, you know, so it depends. It could take anywhere from a week to a year to get that, that approval, depending on the location and, you know, how hard it is to get the approved plans and things like that. And then once you get the approval, then we'll try to work you into our schedule um, you know, scheduling is really hard for us because the buyers never, you know, if people say, yeah, we're going to, we're just working on our zoning and we're going to get it. We're going to be ready to go in July. I'm already thinking in my mind, I'm like, they're going to be ready in November, in like August. I mean, like not August, like uh, December. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're it's going to take them four to six months longer than they realize. Right. And so, um, so anyway, we try to work around your schedule the best we can and, and, and then, you know, work you in. But right now, like we're super busy through the summer, through the fall, 
um, even through the winter. So if I were just to put you in a production schedule, I'd say, you know, in January, we can start your home and deliver it in March. But there, there's a good probability that people that think they're going to be ready in September aren't really going to be ready till December. So that I call and say, hey, if you want to go earlier, we're going to have this opening. So we're always juggling that. And are you, are you doing a set on these homes as well, or is that someone else? It depends. Um, we we do do the set, and it works best if we can do the set. Our only challenge is that we're only licensed contractors in Utah and Idaho. And so okay. if we're outside of those two states, then we're kind of in a, a legal gray area where I think we can get in trouble by doing the set without being a licensed contractor in that state. So yeah. generally outside of those two states, you'll send we, someone who will like help instruct or something. Or... Yeah. We'll usually send a guy as kind of a consultant just to, yeah. you know, make sure that everything goes well, but they would have to provide their own frameworks to put it together. And, and people are using cranes for these for the most part. Yeah. Cranes or most of them can be done with a, like a forklift telehandler, like one of those rough terrain telehandlers can do it. Cool. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much. For, oh, and uh, do you have any specific, like, particularly cool um, homes or examples of uh, homes um, that, like, you're like, oh, wow, I'm, like, really happy that this person did this for this reason or in this place, et cetera? Like homes that have been built? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of our, there, there was a guy in Reno that built one of our houses, and he kind of had a YouTube following because he's a, he's a bush. Oh, I think I saw that one, the drone guy or something. Yeah. Uh, the drone guy. So, so that guy, they, they were owner builders. They built a house kind of in the foothills of the Sierras over in Reno. I saw and, that. That was, that was a cool one. They had nice views and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, he did a little video and put, put that up there and it got, it's, I think it's over 3 million views now. So we've sold a number of homes off of his little video. The, the challenge though, that video that he did, that's probably, two and a half to three years ago. And right, um, you're no longer offering that plan or something. Yeah. We'll, we'll offer that plan, but the price is dramatically different. We just had someone oh, just the other day and you know, the lady called and said, I saw that video. He said he built it for 200 bucks a square foot. We're ready right. to go. We're ready. And we're like, well, it's probably going to cost you more than $200 a square foot. Cause yeah, you know, the, the supply chain and cost have changed dramatically over the past two years. <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, awesome. This has been a great learning about your company. So if you don't mind hoping to transition you into the sort of our quick fire round where we ask you frequently asked questions from our audience. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess, uh, question number one, uh, is around finding a GC. Uh, do you have any tips on what to look for in a GC that would be a good fit for uh, putting together your homes? Yeah, I would say usually a GC that's a little bit younger and a little bit more open-minded. Sometimes the older GCs are not as open-minded to something different and just not as interested. So we, we've had more luck with like, it's got to be like an open-minded GC that's ready to try something different. Got it. Um, and can you tell me a bit about like, it sounds like you don't do California, but obviously like some areas, uh, some of these nicer ski towns certainly have design review processes. Um, have there been, is there anything specific that people should know if they're going in with like, you know, a kit like yours where the specs are pretty already like defined from a design perspective to, uh, you know, have design, um, approval just go smoothly. Yeah. So with the D the design review committees, the, they're a pain sometimes. 
Um, we can usually work around their, you know, their small issues. Like if they come back and say, no, we want more wood siding and the windows have to be black. I mean, those are easy fixes that we can do where mm-hmm. we, the, the biggest thing we run into is there's a lot of um, HOAs or design review committees that have kind of antiquated or older um, rules set yep. you know, 20 years ago. And one of the biggest ones we run into is there's rules that say it has to be like a 612 pitch or a 512 pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Ours are very... You know, yeah, you guys are one, one and a half, and 12, 212 or something. Yeah, they're very low slope, like a one or a 212 pitch. And so people come back and say, hey, we just want to get the Bozeman plan, but can you do it with a 612 pitch? And the answer is absolutely not. I mean, it completely changes the design and the aesthetic and the structural engineering and everything. So before you get too deep in it, I would make sure that um, there's not a, a pitch requirement. That's something we run into. Got it. That makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. And then, then the last question here. Um, I think this is from your Instagram or, or something related to that. It sounds like you have a uh, kind of a culture of adventure sports with your company. Can you tell me a little bit about, about that and how that developed? Uh, yeah, that's funny. Didn't know that, but, um, I mean, we, we live in Southern Utah. Right. We've had employees also up in, um, Idaho area. So I think it could just be because the locations where we're located, I mean, there's awesome mountain biking, rock climbing, snowboarding, skiing. So, um, you know, me and a number of our different employees, that's what we do in the, in, you know, after work, like I've got my mountain bike loaded up in my truck. So after work today, we're going to go ride a trail. And, and that could just be maybe because, you know, we're here where everything's close. And so, and the other thing I'd say our culture is um, we, maybe it's because you have to be a little bit more open-minded, but we've had better luck with more younger employees when we get like old time contractors that are 50 or 60 years old that, you know, wanted, sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So we've, we've had better luck with hiring younger, more open-minded people. So maybe that's kind of lended itself to the culture a little bit. Got it. That, that sounds, I, I, I mountain bike a bit myself and that sounds very fun as long as you don't have too many injuries, which is <laughs> a, a constant fear of my life's right now. Um, it's, it's funny. Some guys that used to work for me wanted to build a little motocross track. We have some extra land by our building and I finally yeah. let them do it. Oh, wow. And the guy broke his leg the second day. So yeah. That was, that was a terrible idea. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, there's a, it's always, it's unclear where the line is sometimes on this stuff. Um, I guess, so you did a great job with the fire round. Final question. Um, we asked this to everyone is, what are you most excited about for your company or the industry for the near future? I think that the housing industry has, um, has not come along with the rest of technology in the rest of the world. Like we're still building houses. 90% of the homes are built the same way they've always been built. And there's a huge affordable housing crisis throughout the United States. I mean, everybody knows it, like buying a house is still, everybody wants to, but it's just so expensive. So it, I think whatever company it is, whether it's our company or another company, whoever finally figures it out and they could build a house, you know, faster and more efficiently and better and less expensive than the competition, is going to kill it. I mean, the, the sky is the limit. So, you know, I'm excited and passionate about being involved in figuring out a way to just build more efficient homes and hopefully, you know, make a dent in the affordable housing crisis. It's awesome. That's definitely a worthy goal. Um, thanks again, Chris. Really appreciate the time. Uh, for more information about Chris and Zipkit Homes, uh, visit zipkithomes.com. And as always, you can, uh, you know, visit us and read about the industry at prefabreview.com. Chris, thanks again. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me.